Hello and welcome back guys to another episode of It's a Silly Silly World podcast with me Utkarsh Saraswat and hey you might be wondering why it's not on a Wednesday so not a regular episode well here's a surprise we are starting a new series called Let's Talk Football where we will be talking about football and everything ha- that happens in the footballing world within the week and this episode shall come out on every Friday So yeah, here's the first ever episode of It's a Silly Silly World podcast. Let's talk football. <laughs> okay, a little bit of a spoiler there with that laugh. So, for the first ever episode, we are joined by Idai Samuai from those that don't know podcast. Hey guys, thank you for thank you for having me today, Lucky. Uh, I appreciate it. This is my first first ever collab, so I'm super excited. Uh, well, to be very yeah. honest, I have been wanting to do a football podcast like for a long time. Uh, in the beginning the plan for the silhouette podcast was to be a football podcast but over time i figured out like i did not have the right people to talk about football so i kind of delayed it so yeah this might as well be a completely new dimension in which i have a football podcast to to be honest i think like this season uh has like it's probably the best season to ever do a football podcast just because of how insane everything is literally the this whole season has been probably the most crazy and most unpredictable season i think in pretty much all the leagues and champions league and like pretty much everything like it's just been like i could not tell what's going to happen next i have no clue who's going to win what on any level Oh, 100%. Like I completely agree. The whole season so far has been kind of insane with the results like Liverpool losing 7-1 to Aston Villa. Like holy fuck, this season has been insane. This whole season has been insane. Like the, the, some of the results we've had so far has and the the controversial decisions and penalties and, and stuff like that. It's just like i'm i've loved it i've hated it just cuz you know i'm i'm a liverpool fan so some of the stuff hasn't been predictable in the in the way that i wanted it to be uh especially aston villa <laughs> you know what let's start there let's start right there so as most of you might know by now i am a manchester united fan <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm a manchester united fan f- uh, from india and no that does not mean a plastic fan although i guess that's a discussion for some other time on next episode maybe no i get, i get that i get that so i know so many people who are genuine fans of genuine like big clubs and just cuz they don't they don't they're not english uh then like oh you're not a real fan you just you're a glory hunter or you you just support the team that wins like it's not true like you can you can support your geographical location doesn't mean if you're a bigger fan or if you're not a bigger fan like just cuz you know you live halfway across the world and you can't attend every game doesn't doesn't mean you're like plastic or you're fake or whatever it's just ah infuriates me i mean honestly if anything i feel like it's worse here because like the last game of the day for me in india is at like 11 o'clock and that ends like yeah 1 o'clock and and that is in the morning and it's even worse if it's yeah, champions like the- league because then the matches end like 3 in the morning or so and that kind of really messes up your sleep schedule and everything i get like it, no one cares because oh you didn't you didn't pay to go to the game but yeah i paid with my time and and with my sleep which is <laughs> for some people that's even 
it's worth more than money because you know, we have a life like we have stuff to do but we're willing to sacrifice you know that kind of stuff like for me it's not that bad i watch games like usually the latest is around uh 11 or 10 like when it starts uh here in in israel um but still like i have i have to wake up early the next day to you know i have stuff to do and and it, i just i have to stay up till 12 12 30 depending on the game to you know see and support my club uh, so i get that yeah and then it's not like there's nothing happening the next day like the life goes on and you have things to do the next day you just have to manage and that's basically it you basically have to get go to sleep the day before earlier and next day you wake up or, uh, at whatever time you are supposed to and then you sleep in the day or do something just to cope up with that amount of sleep i think i i lived i like i now don't live in england but i used to live in england i lived there for five years and so I've seen both sides of the scale, like people who I know, like my friends or people in my school who are quote, like they said they were big fans and stuff, but they never went to any games. They saw some of the, some of the like matches, not all of them. And like, no one would ever question if, if just cause they're, you know, they're an Arsenal fan and they're from London, like, oh, then they're, they're a true fan. Like it doesn't, it's, it's not as black and white as people like who look from like English people who are looking out like make it seem to be like there's loads of fans who live abroad who are much bigger fans or bigger fans even than me who have never been to a game but like know everything about the club and know everything about every player and watch every game and and are true true fans yeah exactly and like even at that point it's not like i generally know a couple of people from manchester who i'm friends with who have never been to a game and like use illegal streams and stuff and i it's not even like i'm using illegal streams i'm actually paying for my cable operator and stuff and i'm buying merch and apart from that at this point like i don't even blame anyone because i personally don't want anything i like i don't want to contribute a single penny to the glazers family at this point yeah especially now with the whole uh the it's in the uk you have to pay 15 pounds to to watch burnley versus like burnley versus uh sheffield united which is just ridiculous 15 pounds per game it's it's like it's it's daylight robbery it's what it is it's just truly day ro- robbery in in daylight like it's disgusting yeah i mean even if you take this week like who knows if the fulham match even happened because I don't think there will be many people who will be paying $15 to watch a nil-nil draw between some, like, lower-tier teams. I mean, they are good teams. And, by the way, I have so much respect for fans of Fulham and West Brown who are paying $15 to watch a match of their team. Like, that's fucking incredible. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's it's such a shame that all the Premier League clubs like support or most of them supported this idea because obviously it went through. I think only Leicester City were the only club who said no to, uh, like the fifteen pounds fourteen ninety five per game. Only Leicester Leicester City were the only club that said no, and it, I know it's because of coronavirus and then you know the the all clubs are going through like financially not great times, but. Football was made for the fans. It's not made for these big clubs or these American billionaire owners that want to make a quick cash grab. Like this, f- the Premier League, the the English league, 
it started from fans and it's it's such a it's a shame to see even clubs like for example Liverpool you know you expect no offense you expect this kind of stuff from United you know to to try make as much money as they can from the club like that's just what the Glazer Glazer family does like Liverpool were, were a club that like stood for yeah I mean as much as I hate to say it the Glazer's family like under Glazer's family it has been terrible to be a Manchester United fan for the last five six years or actually seven or eight yeah it's a shame to see like clubs that have like have this aura of around them that they're like more moral and they're they're more connected with the fans. Like I I was so sad to see that Liverpool and United were the two clubs pushing for Project Big Picture, and now that that's failed, they want to do this like European Super League. It's so sad because you know Liverpool basically just had to not be United to be a good club, and and they can't even seem to do that. Like they're, they're they're good in terms of football, but commercially and and what they're doing in the background, it's it's, it's really sad. Like it's ruining football. Like this whole project, big picture, and the European Super League is gonna ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, exactly. Cool. Like, um, I mean, if you think about it, the Premier League or the Italian League or the Spanish League, those leagues are exciting because there's a mixed bunch of bunch of teams, and like you can see. Uh, I don't know, maybe Burnley versus Ashton Villa one week and then you see Manchester United versus Ashton Villa and then you see Manchester United versus Manchester City. It's a mixed bunch of teams and that's why that's it's exciting. That's why we love the Premier League because a team like Aston Villa can smash the champions of England 7-2 or Spurs who are, are like, they haven't won a trophy in God knows how long, have beaten pretty much the, the, the biggest club in, in the UK. United is still the biggest club in England, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They managed to smash them 6-1, which I enjoyed very much, I must say. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> I had a, It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Dude, I can definitely say that that day must be like so polarizing for Man United oh, was, and uh, was, Liverpool fans. It was such a high to such a low. Oh my God. Yeah. I was laughing at the TV and then I was, I was swearing at the TV like I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Manchester United versus Tottenham happened. We lost six one, and then like for a couple of hours, Twitter was like a really toxic and a horrible place to be in if you are a Manchester United fan. And then Ashton Villa versus Liverpool happens, a game that you would expect to be so smoothly. Like if that game is simulated a hundred times, I'm pretty sure ninety to ninety five times you will expect Liverpool to like cruise through. Like it should have been so easy, and then they lose. And then I'm like, okay, well, the day is not so bad anymore. No, I'm having, my head is literally in my hands right now. Like, I'm just, I'm reliving that day and, oh, it's just, it was horrible. It was genuinely horrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, how did, how did that happen? Like, and somehow, like, within all of this, somehow suddenly, like, Ross Barkley starts playing like prime Ronaldo. Ah, oh, fuck, fuck Ross Barkley, man. I hated him when he was at Everton. I hated him when he was at Chelsea. I hate him now that he's at Asper. He's just a prick. <laughs> Every Merseyside derby, he, he always tried to, to basically kill the Liverpool players. And he hasn't changed. And he's just, he's a dickhead. That's what he is. Like, fuck, fuck Ross Barkley. He's probably the most hated player in the Premier League for me. I hate, yeah, I hate him with every inch of my body. Oh. Him and Pickford. Fuck Pickford as well. Oh. <laughs> what he did to Van Dyke. The, the yeah, yeah. Didn't even get a red card from that. Oh. <laughs> I hate Everton. I hate Everton so much. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're having a meltdown there. Sorry, this there. Is, I, Ross Barkley and, and Everton in general, just, I hate them. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that Pickford situation later. Yeah, oh god, Ross Barkley, man. <laughs> hate him, I hate the guy. Yeah, I mean, 
Ross Barkley was never a player that I thought like was world class or something and like was really great but like and I hate Chelsea like I cannot start to tell you how much I hate Chelsea like I hate it to be a United fan or a football fan in general like when uh Timo Werner and Kai Havertz and ZH three players that I really really liked wow. went to Chelsea yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah so like i hit like go for fuck's sake like go to any club i don't really care like go to even manchester city like you will expect that as a manchester united fan i will think that biggest rivals are manchester city since they are, are like fierce rivals but no like no one no one cares if city win no one cares if city win the league and because yeah. there's no one to no no one's a city fan so there's no one to give you any shit <laughs> i mean for yeah it, you know? like too. city city win the league and you know that like they can only say they've won the league through money like they haven't won hmm. they haven't they don't stand for anything that's a difference like yeah, united yeah. or 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 a, like an empire liverpool are an empire chelsea are an empire city are just like they're, they're they're just they're Abu Dhabi like that's that's what they are they're just <laughs> the oil money that that has been invested into football players and then they they've mm. decided to build a a club like yeah. no one cares if City win anything because they're not they're not they're not anything yeah yeah I mean it's exactly the same for me like there's this whole hype about like uh, the Manchester derby and while I understand the significance of that fixture like for me the day that Vincent Company left. Manchester City the derby had no like relevancy because it feels like Manchester City Manchester City now is a team that has no soul like it's what an all-stars team would be it's it's like going on career mode and using the like 60% yeah, extra yeah, financial exactly. and then getting the like extra budget thing and just splashing your cash yeah like, yeah like you own like you own all the oil <laughs> in all the world which city pretty much do yeah 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 and to think like i wouldn't do that even on a even on football manager like every time i have played football manager and i mean every edition of that game i start with chesterfield and like chesterfield is a team that is very close to my heart and like you don't often watch their games like i don't often get to watch their games because they are in national leagues and like you know it's it's not even great it's not great quality football as well yeah i mean football's not all that great but even if you were to watch there's not much available uh, sites or resources to watch their games i'm sorry for that but yeah like it just became my favorite entirely because of football manager like every edition that's where i would start chesterfield that's it and like i do catch up with their um games in real life but yeah soccer manager why why chesterfield why specifically is, is it just randomly you chose them or no like uh, so i used to start with salford city and, and like you know ah. yeah so that's basically the team that class of 92 built so yeah. that was the obvious yeah, choice yeah, yeah. yeah i think so, isn't paul scholes their manager now like for yeah, salford yeah. city i swear it's paul scholes who's there yeah yeah, yeah. he's the manager now at this point i'm pretty sure yeah uh, i'm not no 100% certain no no he is so basically i used to start with salford city and in every edition of the game that i played i used to beat teams quite easily like obviously you know there's a couple of losses here and there but the one team that i never used to beat with salford city was chesterfield and then one time i was just like you know what i lose to chesterfield every time let me start with chesterfield and let me see how they are doing 
and i usually ended up like at a decent level by the time i finished that game like i'll be in a premier league club or bundesliga and something like that but it was great but that's that's the joy of like you know you build something gradually over time over a few years yeah, so yeah. you just went through in like i think it was what 2008 there's a boom have cash just <laughs> go go spend on whoever you want and then they just yeah, yeah, they yeah. spend money and and you know i love the fact that no matter how much money they've spent manuel pellegrini like pep hasn't gone further in the champions league than manuel pellegrini who oh, had bakary and gil clichy yeah and not like the good good part of bakary sanyan and gil clichy when they were in arsenal <laughs> like the bad bakary sanyan and gil clichy yeah which is just i i love it i love i love that it makes it it brings me so much joy every time when city lost to leon i was <laughs> i was I, i was probably happier then than when we won the champions league just because i hate <laughs> i i love the fact that city can never go far in the champions league yeah they're always the favorites in the beginning and they never make it far dude i had a proper party with my mates the day city lost to leon like i had bet everything and i was like i'm going to give a party if this happens and it's sad it's because like we hate city it's we hate we hate what they stand for yeah. like i hate united but but i hate them because they're united not because they i just i just don't like united because there's a the genuine rivalry there yeah yeah i mean even if like a billionaire took over manchester city and like he built it like instead of just going out and buying playing he got the players that fit a system uh, got the players who liked the city wanted to play for it and like the players that were interested in a particular project then like i would have massive respects for them even as a rival because like then you stand for progression then you stand for something and you built it not like just going around and buying everything exactly like just look look at the what they did this transfer window like they spent 100 million on their defenses alone like 100 million on their defense and like that's just so absurd like how do you be and it yeah. is because they could oh, they've, they've spent more than liverpool have spent in total they've spent on defender like pepper spent yeah. more Yeah, 65 million euros. And then uh Ake yeah, yeah, was yeah. 40 million euros. Ake came from fucking from Bournemouth who were relegated Dude, that's and they still paid 40 million. Honestly. That's insane. Yeah. He's a relegated player. Robertson, Robertson who was relegated from Hull was 8 million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh like I respect Liverpool a lot as much as I hate them. Like I hate them for the rivalry that is there, but I genuinely have so much respect for Liverpool the way they are to run and like what they stand for and it's so unfortunate that you guys actually have one of the like better managers in the league and in the world as well which is very unfortunate I hate to say that as a Man United fan yeah yeah he's he is at the wheel yeah he um... is at the wheel <laughs> unlike some unlike some managers kind of lost the wheel oh 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 <laughs> ah, yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like that from you. So as I was saying, like, there's really good things about Liverpool that go underappreciated. And one thing that I really like about you is like your scouting team, and yeah, it's unreal. Like the deals that you get through has been so phenomenal. Like Andy Robertson or like even Wijnaldum was pretty cheap. And apart from a couple of big deals, like you have had so good deals. which is underappreciated. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And 100%. Yeah, and best example I think is Thiago Silva for like 30 35 no, not Thiago Silva, Thiago, Thiago oh. Alcantara. Oh, Thiago yeah, sorry, Silva sorry. Went to my, sorry, my bad. Uh, so Thiago Alcantara for 30 35 million. Yeah. Oh, world class. World class. He is the Bruyne-esque yeah. in terms of quality. 
De Bruyne-esque yeah. for 20 million. Yeah, I mean, he's actually so, so good. Like, I was a Thiago Alangandra fan even before he joined Liverpool and, like, in his Bayern days. And honestly, like, when I got to know that he would be leaving, I was like, let him uh, go somewhere else but not Liverpool because Liverpool is a stronger team in itself. And, like, I would hate to hate Thiago Alangandra because of the team he's He's a magician. In. He's a magician on the pitch. Yeah. He's a magician on the pitch. He... He's like Coutinho, but with a much better pass. <laughs> and like, they don't really play the same position, but like in terms of the build and, and say how they move, he's a bit Coutinho-esque in terms of he's small, but he can control the midfield. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like his play style is so smooth and so soft, right? like it's so pleasing on the eye. Like, it's one of those things, like I could show him to a person who hasn't been watching football and he will like him. Like, say Messi versus Ronaldo, like, to me, those are equally good players. Like, I consider them at the same fucking level. And you can have their bi- have your bias, obviously. Like, I have a bias towards Messi because of how he plays, like, his play style. Um, and, like, those are two great players in themselves. But if you show a person who has not been watching football, he will like Messi because of how he plays. Like, he's it's so elegant. It's just elegant football. Me- yeah. Ronaldo is more effective. But yeah, yeah. Messi is, is just... Just elegant, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't exactly... Like, this was very... Uh, well defined by some code and I can't remember who said this but there was a code which goes like if an artist were to make a footballer it would be Messi but if an engineer would make a footballer it would be Ronaldo because he's efficient that is a good quote that is a good that is that is pretty much that's how you would separate that like how you would identify the two one's a machine the other one's an artist like that's just how yeah yeah and uh, I also think like a lot of people are Ronaldo fans because of the fact that Ronaldo showed people that you can be absolutely world-class and, like, the best at your game by just hard work. Like, obviously, like, Messi does work as well, but it's kind of the stigma. Like, when you perceive Ronaldo, it's hard-working. When you consider Messi, it's talent. Yeah, yeah, he has... It's the stigma that, you know, Messi was born with a talent and Ronaldo kind of worked for the Yeah, exactly. There's always that. And the thing is, like... It's not even true. Like, Ronaldo is insanely talented at the baseline. It's just that, like, it's just a little bit of a difference. He would not have gone, he would not, not have gone to the heights he's gotten to without yeah. a lot of hard work. Unlike Messi, who, yeah, yeah. You know, he might have been a bit worse, but he would have still been um, a very, like, he would have been a much better player than Ronaldo if both of them didn't train. And yeah, both yeah. of them didn't put uh, the effort in. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to put it. And that's not to say, like, Messi isn't, like, hardworking. Like, if you are going to be the best at something, like, at anything, you have to have the right mixture of hard work and talent. And hard work prevails. Like, of course, like, if you have the talent and you do not practice, I think the stigma stigma comes from, like, a bit of how Messi plays. Like, if you watch Messi play, Mm -hmm. first 15 minutes, he kind of walks around, studies the pitch. And it gives him the the like the aura of being a lazy or like not as much of a hardworking player mm-hmm. as 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 Ronaldo, who like when he starts the game, he starts the game running. But that's just kind of how he plays, yeah. and it gives him the the stigma of being uh like you know doesn't work as hard as Ronaldo, which is just not yeah. true. Like they both they both they both just are different players. They're very 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 different. Yeah. Yeah, and like he very they different. are putting a lot of hard work behind the scenes that we probably don't even know. And talking about Ronaldo, by the way, like, Ronaldo that we see now is not the Ronaldo, like, back in Manchester days. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, he sure. has changed so much. He has adapted his game so much. Like, back then, he used to take on players a lot more. He used to dribble. And, like, <laughs> um, I don't know what will be a good comparison. I mean, 
I think he was basically Mar- yeah. Marcus Rashford. I mean, I mean, I think you're really praising Marcus Rashford, uh, comparing uh, him to I didn't know. Ronaldo at United. No, I mean, I do not mean it that. But way. he was the same kind of style. He was the same kind of where you he do the skills and and yeah, the yeah. dribbles and all that stuff and like destroy. There's this video of of him destroying. Uh, I forgot which. Yeah, 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 that. I forgot who it was, but there's this very famous clip of of Messi of uh, Ronaldo, sorry, at United, where he runs down the line. He's near the corner flag, and he does this insane skill move and then he just he he ripped everyone he yeah. was basically he dancing ripped, he ripped the defender a new ass like <laughs> that's just how that's the kind of player he was but i think now that he's older he yeah yeah i mean at that point yeah. he was more of a playmaker like he would take on more players and uh like he will probably not be finishing i mean he did score a lot a lot of goals but like he wasn't mainly he was focused. a lot more of a winger than he was a, a finisher or yeah yeah, more yeah. Of a forward he was more of a winger yeah he was more of a like he he would not be the one who final yeah. like has the final touch he will go through a couple of players i will take on more players and then i will pass it to someone else who can score yeah although to be fair he won the golden like i think it was on his last season he did win the golden boot he oh, scored yeah, yeah. i think 30 goals that season he was yeah the season he moved to real madrid in the summer yeah i mean he did score a lot of goals also like i really kind of hated that uh, whole situation like the one reason that I prefer Messi yeah. over Ronaldo is also yeah, because yeah. of that whole transfer debacle. Like, he kind of made it out as if we were holding him back. Like, it it just was a really bad situation. And I ex- appreciate Ronaldo, but that situation yeah, was... Yeah, he just... He, he wanted to move. He, want, he thought he was bigger than the club itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not even that. It was kind of like... He thought... He, it was, it, he made it out like we were yeah. holding yeah. him hostage. Oh, Suarez to, to Barca. Yeah, well. yeah, kind of that. Like he he wanted to leave the season before. We somehow convinced him to stay, mm-hmm. and we didn't win the league. And he was like, "Okay, I'm done. Like this is, <laughs> I'm too good for this team." Yeah, and you know they say no player is bigger than the club. You have to leave at that point when when you see a player behaving like that and and speaking like that. Yeah, it disrupts the environment. You can't stay because it's it gives the the wrong message to the rest of the uh, the rest of yeah. the players that they're like, oh will keep you just because of your quality no like there's there's certain values that no matter how good of a player you are you can't yeah. leave which is kind of different to what messi what happened with barca and messi this summer where he he did the same thing but they mm-hmm. were like yeah you're we, we can't afford to let you go <laughs> like we, we just can't you're too good and you're too influential for this team like i think messi and barca have the he's the best reached the same size in terms of their impact on on the club like the club for itself sure, and Messi, sure. and so when Messi like wanted to leave, they they kind of forced him to stay, even though the way he spoke and the way he still speaks, like when Suarez left, he well, he's so critical of Barcelona, and it's insane to see a player speak like that and then play the next game. I mean, I quite get that to be honest, because I feel like Barcelona did a massive disservice to football in general by uh, keeping Messi hostage. Like a player of yeah. that stature who has done so much for the sport. And who is so good at it should be allowed to leave at his own will and like wherever he wants to and whenever he wants. They just they put him in such a situation where if he wanted to leave, he'd have to do it in the ugliest way possible. And he was just yeah yeah he didn't he knew it would ruin his image and he didn't want to do it to a club that built him, which is I completely mm. get. It made him seem like the good guy and them the bad guy. It was very obvious in this story who who is who. Yeah, I mean, but I also get the point. Like as bad as Bartomeu is, he would not want to be the president who let Messi go. Like. That would be really bad on him, and he will be cursed. Ah, oh, he's he's so bad for the club. 
he's there's some of the deals they've done like oh, it's just it's horrible i don't i don't think i've seen probably maybe only united have had a worse transition <laughs> from one team from one team to another like sir alex when sir alex left he, he like something that no one really talks about is he left the club in a really bad situation yeah like they he left with where everyone was really old and they needed to like re like bring in a new squad yeah yeah i mean um there's only two things that i dislike about uh, sir alex and of course like he was one of the best so managers he's the best PSG. manager to have ever graced the premier league yeah best yeah. manager to have ever graced i think football in general just for what he's done and for the period of time hmm. he's done it there's no there's no there's no question in my opinion and this is coming from a liverpool fan he's the greatest of all time yeah i mean to give a uh, more general opinion if you make a list of top yeah. five managers yes. he's definitely like up there yeah but uh yeah uh, so two things that i don't li- like about sir alex was First of all, like, the whole reason that Glazer family is even the owners of Manchester United is because of Sir Alex. And for those that don't know, uh, <laughs> if you you want some context, just look up uh, Rock of Gibraltar. That's basically a whole situation. And yeah. we went from, like, being one of the superpowers in Europe and Premier League to being such a shambles of a club. Like, you know, uh, for, the most of, uh, for most of the time, Liverpool were the very hated... Uh, club like the fan base were hated because they were called history fc for the longest of time because all they could talk about was they had won previously and now manchester united are becoming just that exact same thing yeah. we are talking about our history yeah, because that's the, the only thing you can talk about is what you've won in the past yeah yeah you haven't, liverpool up until three years ago hadn't won anything they won the league cup in 2012 and, and like since hmm. then it was like champions leagues like of 2005 like that's that's pretty much it yeah, and like, um, as much as I hate to ch- say it, Manchester United now are becoming just that. We are like becoming yeah, essentially you are. history FC. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it, whenever we get into an argument, we are very quick to point out that we had uh, Scholes and we had Beckham and... Class of 1999. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, we are quick to point out like all our achievements. We are quick to point out that... Uh, oh, we we are the treble winners. We dominated English scene for twenty years and blah blah blah. And it's sad to see that we came from that to this. We are shambles, and all because Sir Alex wanted a horse, and that's so stupid. I want to know what you think of of Solskjaer. I'm sorry, I have to. I like because we're speaking about United and we're speaking about Sir yeah, Alex. I mean, what do you think of of Solskjaer? Are you Solskjaer in, Solskjaer out? Do you do you think he's what you guys need right now, or? Yeah, so I'll come on to that later. But first of all, let me finish the point that I was talking about. So, uh, the second thing I uh, hate, uh, not hate, but I dislike Sir Alex was because he brought in David Moyes for his replacement at a time when, I mean, I'm not going to be too harsh, but I feel like Moyes was just not the right person. Like, he did not yeah. have much experience with like a complete rebuild of that stretcher. Like, he did he well was, at Everton, but he wasn't, he, he's never been in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was United. a bit out of his depth. Like, I don't like to use the term out of his depth because I'm of the belief that if you take up something, you can definitely get better at it. And But United being United, we never had that kind of patience to give our managers a chance. And again, coming back to the thing that we are becoming what we hate the most, the one thing that I hate about Chelsea is the treatment of the managers. Like, And we are becoming the same kind of thing. They have changed so many managers. Like, their treatment of managers is so bad. 
They've had, what, 16 managers in 17, 18 seasons? Something insane like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, even, like, and these managers were, like, one of the top, top managers. These managers, if you go down the list of managers that were there at Chelsea, those were some, those are some insane names. And you would think that Roman Abramovich has to be a madman to, like, be uh, to fire all these managers all the damn time and get in new managers like actually if you haven't won a premier league in what like one season you are basically fired and that's so it's, stupid it's, I, I don't like it i don't like it i think it's i think it puts so much unnecessary pressure of course, i mean of course, yeah but you've even like even Moise Moise okay Moise you gave him like nine months and you and you sacked him and I think it was in I think in hindsight it was the right decision but Van Hal you gave him two seasons uh, yeah. M- Mourinho he won you stuff but uh, third season you had to let him go mm-hmm. like you give them a ch- like you know I don't think you give them enough of a chance but you you give them much more of a chance than Chelsea which <laughs> has to be said Chelsea after one season there you're gone yeah I mean uh, that's true but at the same time I do feel like. Uh... We haven't given our managers enough opportunities. Like, uh, if you consider about Jose, he went to uh, Spurs, which is like the laughing stock of laughing stock of uh, top six of Premier League, and now he has gone there. And uh, look at Harry Kane, a striker that was quintess people thought was a number nine is essentially now the best playmaker in the premier league he's been the best playmaker of the prem so far which is just shows how ridiculous this season has been like harry yeah, yeah. kane is the top i think he pretty sure he's the top assister in the premier league what like what is going on yeah and i also think like people really underestimate and really underrate the second spell that Mourinho had at chelsea like He's known, uh, people always say like he parks the bus and stuff, but in that second spell at Chelsea, he played some beautiful, expansive football. And I ha- I haven't seen enough people talk about that more, which is a shame, really. I don't think he's that defensive. I think it's just in big games, like when he played the top six, he'd be, he'd, he'd want to win at home and then draw away. That was kind of mm-hmm. his tactic where he, when he played at home, he'd be expansive and, and good football. And then when they'd go to Anfield or Old Trafford, they just he just parked the bus and ride it out and then maybe nick a win or nick a draw, and they gave him that stigma of yeah uh, yeah and uh, like I don't necessarily think that's even a wrong thing to be honest like uh, if you look at the Arsenal invincible seasons they had so many draws like come on they had so many draws yeah they had so many draws oh my god and even if you like exclude all of that like uh, all the draws. There were so many one nil draw, one nil victories that they had to grind out that nobody yeah, really talks about. For sure, I still think in, to do it is is, a, is an incredible feat. I think it's still the most impressive thing to have happened in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. But it's not as glamorous as it seems. Like on Invincibles, but you were very like you have to be very lucky to be invincible, uh, which is why only one team has done it. But like still, it it. It the it's all like they strolled through and won. I think the the city team of twenty what was it twenty eighteen nineteen no seventeen eighteen where they got a hundred points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they were Centurions, I think that's probably the best team at least of the Premier League era. So since hmm. uh, I mean, when did the Premier League um, so nineteen ninety one ninety two, they've definitely been the best in terms of quality. Even though they're not invincible. I mean, uh, you can say that uh, I'm showing a bias here, but I think. 
Manchester United 2008 was probably the better team there like there's a good competition mm, yeah. with Manchester United true, 2008 true. I I I the thing is I don't really I didn't follow football that much then so I can only I only know from videos and stuff that I've seen on YouTube because I I didn't live through uh United's real dominance in the early 2000s so I, that's that's why I'm I'm going to go with City because I like it's maybe it's also recency bias but they were they were insane like obviously they had an incredible team and 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 incredible players but and they spent money to get those incredible players but whoa they were ridiculous the football they played was beautiful yeah i mean i obviously also uh, did not follow did not used to watch football back then but like one of my favorite things to do is to like go back uh, to very old matches like uh, whenever i get the time and I have at this point I have watched almost every like I have watched matches from every season since 1970s uh like Manchester United matches and especially the ones that are like really famous mm-hmm. and I do think that Manchester United 2008 team is bet- uh, is probably one of the best teams in the Premier League era like even better than the uh, 1991 like really yeah 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 like I think uh, 1999 team was great but 2008 team seems like more balanced and you know i don't know i think i the 19 the 1999 team like even i know how how amazing of a team that was yeah i, I don't know if, if it's because of the whole the, the story of you know academy players and stuff like that, but they were they were really good yeah i mean uh, that all definitely played a part like uh, i think 1999 team was uh, is as hyped as it is because of like how big of a part the academy played in like the success of that whole team but 2008 team is very underrated like they were really good how many points did united get in the 0708 do you remember i mean uh, i think it was somewhere around like high 80s like 85 87ish but i mean of course it's not like uh, 90 or 100 pointing seasons now but that that season was actually quite competitive and we got really close to winning the winning uh, like everything and uh, yeah so it wasn't a bad season by any means but okay so i've i've looked at now you've you got 87 points which is it's still yeah, quite yeah, yeah. a lot for a a premier league team yeah i mean uh, it's definitely not bad but i feel like manchester manchester city and liverpool have ruined the bar for like the expectations for yeah. premier league they set the bar too far high yeah too yeah too far high 90 100 99 98 97 like that's yeah, yeah. and uh, actually coming to your question about uh, ole uh, in or ole out so last year we came third which i believe was like i'm going to say it it was an overachievement like we did not have the team for it like as much as people like to say that we are manchester united we get what we want which is the chant i mean no like you can't get everything like hello you there Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just letting you speak because I want I want to see what you think of of Oli because I've seen your fan base split like down the middle. Oh. You either love him or you hate him. Oh, dude, dude, like, oh, I actually hate our fan base right now. Like, it's it's genuinely one of the worst fan bases that we have right now. Like, <laughs> people are so reactionary. Like, take the example of earlier this season. We lost. 6-1 to uh, Spurs and people were like Ole out he is out of his depth he does not know anything about football he can't make tactics and then 
like he goes to um, PSG and suddenly people are like, oh, he's a yeah. great, he's a magician. And, and wins, uh, uh, yeah, away, PSG away. Like, I know there's no fans, but that's still like a big, he yeah, yeah. especially in Europe where you have to fly out and you're, you're living in a hotel, stuff like that, that, that affects the team and he yeah, still yeah. has to get a win. And like, as much as people like to say that PSG are uh, bottlers and like they are chokers, they are still in the end a really good team. Like they have Mbappe, they have Neymar, they have Di Maria. That is, that is, there is, there is no way you can say that that's not a f- fearsome front three. Like, yeah, yeah. PSG's attack is insane. And you had Alex Tuanzebi in defense. Oh, oh like, of course. How you managed to play that uh, was amazing. Yeah, Respect yeah. To... And like, of course, Tuanzebi... I have very uh, like flipping thoughts about Tuanzebi because he's so injured. But like, if you have uh, yeah two of true. the true true, like if you have two of the uh, top five best players in the world, you are definitely a good team. Like nobody can deny that. And then you see people like going Ole is the man, Ole is at the wheel, and dude, I hate that chant so much. Ole is at the wheel, Ole is at the wheel. There is no fucking wheel. Like what is a wheel? We are not a bus or something. There's no such wheel. I hate that chant so much. Like. As much as I like, uh, like, when there are matches, as much as I like chants, I hate those two chants. I hate Ole is at the wheel and, like, Manchester United, we get what we want. No, we do not get what we want. Like, you do not get what you want if you cannot uh, commit to it. We did not even get Sancho, for fuck's sake. What do you mean we get what we want? (laughs) That was good. That was good. That was a funny one. (laughs) That was a good one. Uh... The Sancho, I'm sorry, the, San, the Sancho saga was, was just showed how much United have fallen. Yeah, yeah, like, our word is so incompetent. Like, Sancho should have happened. Like, can you imagine? The player has openly said that he wants to go and the club are it open It was so to obvious it like, he wanted to leave. It was so, everyone knew he wanted to leave. And the fact that it was openly known that you guys had, see, like, discussions with him yeah. in the dormant and you still couldn't manage to get a deal. It's just embarrassing. Like, this is not what United do. United, when they want a player, they go with they get the they make the player want to leave, and then they 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 find a way to get the player. They don't, yeah. you don't go for him, and then they don't get him, and then they go for him again, and they don't get him, and then they go for him for a third time, and they still don't manage to get him. It's just yeah, and like ridiculous. It, it's it's really ridiculous, and it's like it's so shameful to be honest. And you know the worst part is I was thinking about this. Uh, I think yesterday that we. United hasn't made like a big Galactico signing in years, which is so like, and we are supposed to be a powerhouse club in Europe. Why do you not think Maguire is a big signing? Oh, dude, I mean, he's like six <laughs> foot four. Yeah, he's as big as they get. I mean, look, listen. Um, I I'm just gonna say it. Like, people need to accept that Harry Maguire and what's his name? Aaron Bissaka. Uh, no, no, no. Why can't I remember the name? Yeah, Nicolas Pepe. So, people need to accept that uh, Harry Maguire and Nicolas Pepe have been no. massive flops. And, yeah, you just have to accept they are not worth the price that everyone paid for. And same with, like, Mason Mount. What do you mean about Mason Mount? I mean, have you seen the play- squad selection of Chelsea? Like, I cannot believe that Frank picks Mason Mount over players that... He has picked. He's he's a good talent. He's a good player. You can't. He... I mean, look, I'm uh, I'm not saying Mason Mason Mount is a bad player, but like, he is not like world class right now. And uh, they oh, for sure. If a player is having a bad game, you have to substitute him up. And 
with frank it's like have you seen how many f- games he st- frank starts mason mount and he will make sure he plays 19 minutes even though mason mount is having an absolute stinker i think i don't know i think it, especially with mason mount i think frank sees like lampard sees himself a bit in in mount of course mount is yeah. more more of an offensive less box to box than uh, frank lampard was even though frank mm. lampard scored loads of goals for chelsea but i think yeah. like i don't know i think because they're both english they he's young and and stuff i don't also he worked with him at derby i'm pretty sure when when frank lampard was at derby so i think they have, they have a bit more of a, of a connection than you would if you just buy a player yeah. Mm. yeah 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 but i personally like i don't rate frank frank lampard as a manager I, I from all the like new the new you know the the Solskjaer's the the Lampards and the Arteta I think Arteta is the only manager that I think you know is generally a good long-term manager for Arsenal for what they need yeah I mean I, I genuinely like I'm not a fan of the trend of like uh, l- club legends becoming managers like it's it's taking a chance not every time you can get a Zidane or a Pep Guardiola like there will be a lot of flops I'm I'm terrified for when Klopp leaves and then Gerrard mm. becomes the Liverpool manager. Yeah. Because I don't want to get to the point where I wanna. I feel like I'm I'm like I I want to say oh Lampard uh, Gerrard needs to get sacked. Like that would be a horrible feeling. Yeah. See now that's exactly how I feel about the whole situation with uh, like Solskjaer because as a player like he. I used to, I have obviously watched some of the games that he used to play uh, when he was a player. I mean the Champions League goal versus Bayern it's just it's iconic. Yeah and like as a player I have so much respect for uh Solskjaer. Like he is a club legend and, and there's no doubt about that. But as a manager I I personally don't think that he's the manager that can take us to a title like uh if we are going to win a title or if we are going to win uh, Champions League or being a, be a title contender for Champions League I I just don't see it happening with him as a manager and that's just my personal opinion like if you look at Guard, uh, Guardiola and by the way uh, let's talk about Guardiola I am so sad by the fact like as much as I hate uh, the fact that Manchester City uh, is a good team I hate the fact that he's their manager because I admire Guardiola so much like if you look at the game uh, against Arsenal last week, you know the yeah, one. Yeah, uh, like, which one? The Champions League one or the League one? No, no, the, the league, uh, league one. The League Arsenal is ah, only okay. in Champions League. <laughs> I I didn't see it personally, but yeah. Oh yeah, versus Arsenal versus Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the game versus Arsenal. Okay, so I did see it. I yeah. did see it. So in that game, if you uh, look at how he used Joao Cancelo, like. He was a wing back when he didn't have the ball but as soon as Joao Cancelo got the ball he r- ran straight into the middle and he was kind of almost like a midfielder at that point like a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. I saw that. I noticed it and I was like Cancelo doesn't play in the middle. Like how but it worked. It completely worked. Yeah and like dude it took me like 15 minutes to figure out what was happening because every time he got the ball I, I saw him and I was like this is this player is supposed to be a wing back and he's in the middle of the like what's happening and i like the i like to think the fact that in the uh, preparation pep guardiola basically saw that this is a player that should be in the wing back or a full back and i'm going to use him in the middle of the pitch and do whatever the fuck you want to do about it i don't like that's how i'm going well, I'm to use him i'm just going to use him in the middle yeah. he's a genius he's As much as I hate City and I hate what they do and what they stand for, but Pep is—he's a footballing genius, and there's no no two ways about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like Pep is class. Like 
he's having a bit of a bad season this time but he is class like to and uh, a good example you can see of uh, a similar system was uh, in the manchester derby like the second derby i believe uh, in which like we did not have a really good game to be honest like was this wait are you talking about last season uh, last yeah. season uh... yeah yeah last season last season the second one But then you win. I swear you won both games last season. No, yeah, of, like we won the league games. Uh, I'm talking about the cup. Oh really? I thought you guys. Uh, for some reason, I thought you did the double over. No, no, no. We did the double, but in the cup. Ah, but in the league, you guys won twice. No, you yeah, guys yeah, did yeah. the double over City. Okay, so I I remember it correctly. Yeah, yeah. So in uh in that game, like manchester city played with uh, he played a weird formation uh, i don't know maybe aguero was suspended or he had an injury or something but he played a weird formation in which he basically did not have a striker and he uh, in, instead he pa- played mm-hmm. like two uh, second strikers or like for two false nines uh, in bernardo silva and kevin de bruyne and that manchester city team dismantled manchester united in the first half itself and like it took me a minute to process like wait this man really just went like i'm going to face the biggest rivals in manchester united and i'm not going to play a striker like you know we have uh, gabriel jesus yeah the <laughs> young uh, striker who is supposedly really good yeah let's not play him we'll pay, play two double strikers instead like that's insane he's cost but at the same time he tried to do the same thing against leon where yeah. he was a bit cocky he thought he was going to win he rested players and then he lost and he <laughs> lost and it was it wasn't like the leon didn't deserve the win leon deserved to win like city didn't play well yeah, so yeah, yeah. like even though he's good and he's he does this like tactical tweak sometimes where he he changes things and it seems mm-hmm. like he does it for no reason but there is obviously a reason a lot of the yeah. times it doesn't like not maybe a lot of the times but sometimes some of the times when it matters it doesn't it doesn't work for him i mean uh, not every time you're going to get it right you know like yeah yeah of course you you obviously commit some mistakes and that's fine and like but as a manager he's absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm class and you cannot take that away from him like even no matter how big the rivalry is like um that's and that's one thing i don't appreciate about football like you know if you go on to the football twitter there's people arguing about martial and mosala and even as a united fan i think mosala is a much much better player than anthony martial is right yeah. now yeah As a Liverpool fan, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean that whole point is very stupid. Like, if you consider the Liverpool uh, Liverpool team right now, I think it's a, it's a such a solid team. And in my personal opinion, if there's one player that I don't don't rate it as high as uh, others, it's probably Bobby Firmino. And like, yeah, uh, you uh, he's very essential to the team. that and the system yeah. that you guys play in but like you know he doesn't get he doesn't no, everyone doesn't seem to rate him and especially recently like he hasn't just he's just not been playing I well i mean no and it's not even that like to me but he is a great creator and there's no doubt about it. like he is undoubtedly one of the better players in the world right now he's uh, he's world class and let's be honest but the reason i don't rate him as much is because to me he's a creator he's he would have been the perfect number 10 but because he's a number 9 his finishing is just not good enough for some reason and like if you think if he had half decent finishing you uh, liverpool would have had like 15 more goals this season alone and that's not a bad thing 
Oh, for sure. Oh, we would we would be a hundred percent. He like he gets into he he's essential he's essential to like how we press and the way we move when we're not on the ball. But on the ball, he especially recently, like end of last season, beginning of this season, he's just he's just not been the same player. He's the same Roberto Firmino from 2017, 18, 2018, 19. He's just been, he's been completely, he's, it's like he's lost his, maybe it's because of, you know, Corona and you, know, you haven't had a good pre-se- proper preseason and you haven't had a proper rest and a player like Firmino who relies on intensity, it might not be like the best time for him in terms of his fitness, but he just hasn't been the, the level that he, that I know he, he used to be. And it's a shame because he, he's a, he's very gifted, but like in terms of the the quality he has as a number nine, it's it's not been there recently, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I think about him, like he is so good on the ball. Like some of the things that he does is like unmatchable. Like I have seen times when he will like pass a ball to like some of the Liverpool players. Sorry, English, 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 dude. I cannot speak English. <laughs> so yeah like there have been instances where i've seen like some of the liverpool fan uh, liverpool some of the liverpool players aren't expecting the ball from him because there's just not enough space and he will find that yeah. little bit of space like that small bit of space and he'll pass them to uh, the ball in such a great fashion and it's so elegant it's so good and when it comes to passing he does it almost better than anyone else it's like prime ozil and the, but the thing is with with Firmino is when when he doesn't when he does has a game where he does other stuff but he doesn't contribute as much into the attack, then straight away the first thing that people like other fans or rival fans will ever say is oh Firmino doesn't hasn't scored in this many games and like oh he had a when he has one bad game everyone gets on his back because of the fact that he he's not a natural goal scorer. I mean yeah I completely agree but at the same time I do think that uh, the opposition fans also have a point there because like he he is just not a good scorer like have, was there ever a time that Firmino scored a lot of goals like he is just not that player he's when it comes to his ability as a number 9 as a striker he is just not it like he is not a good player but he's a great enabler of like to enable Sadio Mane to score. Or yeah, but at the Salah. same at the same time, you could say that Salah, who and Mane, who are wingers, have to have more creativity in terms of assists, which they yeah, don't. Yeah. Like they have a lot of assists, but not not the as they don't behave as wingers, and Firmino yeah. doesn't behave as a striker. It's kind of a a weird thing that Klopp decided to do, where strikers are or wingers and wingers play as strikers, kind of thing in terms of the goals and assists. Yeah, kind of wide forwards. Actually, that reminds me of the system that uh, Real Madrid had with like uh, Benzema in the middle and like uh, Ron- yeah, uh, Ronaldo and Bale. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like in that system, in my personal opinion, Benzema is probably a better striker and a better finisher than Firmino. But his main aim was to feed off Ronaldo and Bale from both the ends. And uh, actually, uh, tell me if you uh, agree or not. Bruno Fernandes for us is like Roberto Firmino for you. Like, we love them, but our opposition fan bases absolutely hate them. Oh, yeah. No, not hated, but kind of given a lot of shit. For, like, no one, I don't think people yeah, yeah. hate Firmino. I don't hate Bruno Fernandes. I just think oh, he same. gets a lot of crap because of the fact that he gets, he scores most of his goals via penalties. 
If Bruno Fernandes wasn't your penalty taker, no one would care about Bruno Fernandes. Like, in terms of rival fans wouldn't give him anything. Just the fact that he always takes your penalties. And last season, you had the record for the most amount of penalties in a, in a, in a season. Yeah, my, like, that, it's also because of the fact that uh, United hadn't signed a really good player in, like, a while. Like, it's been so long since we signed a good player. And now Fernandes is it. Yeah. For sure. Well, I guess that's where we are going to end it then. Uh, <laughs> we have kind of run out of time. Uh, it was a great episode. I have a lot, a lot of fun doing this for the first ever episode. And I'm so excited to bring you more episodes on this series in the coming weeks. Thanks a lot, Idai, for spending time with us, for talking about football in so great detail. I had so much fun. It's been great. I've, I've loved doing this. And I'm very sorry that uh, I had to cut. Actually, we recorded a lot more. And I'm doing this outro uh, uh, later on. But due to some technical errors, like um, I had to cut off the last part of our conversation in which we talked about transfers and stuff. And it was very interesting. Um, but unfortunately, I don't have good enough quality audio for that. Um, but anyways, I had a lot, a lot of fun doing this. And thanks, Idai, for being a part of the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for uh, you guys, go on, check. For those that don't, uh, for those that don't know podcast, uh, which he hosts, and it's it's genuinely a really great uh, podcast. Thank you and so much. I really like the topics that he picks and his pacing, and it feels so relatable the things that he says, and it's absolutely a fun time. So yeah, go check out his podcast, and hopefully uh, we can talk about for more about football some other time. For sure. For sure. Um, I was kind of thinking of a new outro, but uh, actually kind of didn't work. Anyway, so I'll see you next Friday with another episode of Let's Talk Football. Well, we'll see you on Wednesdays with the regular episodes. But we'll talk on Friday about football once again on the second episode of Let's Talk Football. Until then, stay safe, stay happy, uh, keep watching football. There's a lot of shit that is going to go down in this season and I'm very excited for it. Peace. Bye.